Hi, I'm Rusty Komori, and this is Beyond the Lines on Think Tech Hawaii. I was the head coach of the Punahou School Boys Varsity Tennis Team for 22 years, and we were fortunate to win 22 consecutive state championships. This show is based on my books, Beyond the Lines and Beyond the Game, and it's about inspiration, dealing with adversities, and building a superior culture of excellence. My special guest today is a Honolulu police officer and leader of Crime Stoppers Honolulu. He is Sergeant Chris Kim, and today we are going way beyond adversity. Hey, Sergeant Chris, welcome back to Beyond the Lines. Hi, Rusty. Thank you for having me again. Sergeant Chris, you've been doing such incredible work in our community, but I want to first ask, um, you know, before leading Crime Stoppers, what were some of the assignments that you were a part of? Uh, you know, I joined the police department and I kind of went through the different uh, patrol divisions. Uh, and then in 2010, I came up to the criminal investigation divisions where I worked uh, through the various details, uh, sex crimes detail, domestic violence. Um, my last assignment just prior to the Crime Stoppers program was uh, a homicide detective. And then I took over Crime Stoppers in 2017. Now, Sergeant Chris, when you worked in the homicide detail, what did you see regarding suicides? It was, uh, it was always tragic cases where I would respond to these scenes with my partner and we would see people of all ages, uh, young old um that a lot of times where they're just distraught going through some hard times in their life um oftentimes it was just due to failed relationships whether it be boyfriend girlfriend husband wife or what have you um but just very very sad you know beautiful good-looking people just tragically um ended up committing suicide just because they couldn't do it deal with the pain anymore wow Man, I, I, I don't know how you guys can really, you know, investigate those. That's so heart-wrenching. And Sergeant yeah. Chris, I want to ask you if you can share about the lowest point you experienced in your life. Well, it would have to be back in the latter part around September 2016. Uh, I was assigned as a detective in the homicide detail. Life was great. Um, I was married for 10 years, uh, two kids in private school. I had my dream home that we had just moved into um, in Huaikai, right oceanfront. Um, I, I had the dream life, looking back on it. Um, but then I started to notice some behavioral changes in my wife at that time. And I started feeling a little bit more distant and just things uh, seemed out of place. and. Eventually, I found out that um, she was having an affair. Um, and I just remember just being filled with just so much sadness and pain. Um, never thought, never ever thought that something like that would happen to me. You know, I, I remember in the academy, they used to talk about how at one point police officers had a high rate of divorce. And I didn't want to be that statistic. And so I wanted to try and work things out, um, try and figure out what the cause was. Um, what led to those actions um but unfortunately after trying for a couple months of counseling it just it wasn't working out and that's where i had to face the reality that um my marriage was coming to an end 
Um, and Russell, you know, it, it's looking back on, it's just strange because as a homicide detective, I remember I used to respond to these scenes um, where these boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, or what have you uh, had committed suicide because they either had broken up or someone was having an affair or some divorces involved. And I remember at that time, I used to tell myself and my partner that, you know, these people are like, why, why, why would you do that? Why would you take your life over a failed relationship? Um, and at that point, it was, it was kind of an awakening for me where I realized I, I was being a hypocrite because I actually started contemplating suicide. Um, started when I knew that things weren't working out and just the idea of losing my family and not being able to see my kids all the time. Um, I just couldn't face that pain anymore. And as a police officer, we already deal with a lot of things. And as a police officer, we, we tend to internalize things and hold everything in. And I just had all this mounting pressure and I just felt like I couldn't deal with it anymore. So at that point I decided that, you know, I, I started planning my own death. Um, I knew, you know, as an investigator, what they would be looking for. Um, I wanted my death to be ruled an accidental death and, and, and not a suicide. Because I was thinking about my kids and my mom uh, just getting my life insurance money. Um, just kind of going through that trying time. That that would be, have to be the lowest point in my life. Sergeant Chris, what um, can I ask you specifically? Like, what were you, how were you going to commit suicide? Well, being that I was an avid fisherman and diver, um, oftentimes I would go night diving a lot by myself. Um, and people would tell me, you know, you're crazy. Why are you doing that? But I have just such a love for the ocean and fishing and diving that I would take those chances. And ultimately what I was planning was I, I was started checking the weather, the tides, um, the currents, um, just trying to pick an ideal time once I had things situated as far as planning what my mom and my kids were going to get. Um, ultimately, what I was going to do, though, I was I planned on doing like a shallow water blackout, essentially going night diving and putting myself in a, a dangerous situation where most fishermen wouldn't put themselves into. And in my mind, I saw it playing out as, you know, that I went diving and that I had drowned doing something that I loved. Sergeant Chris, what did what did Carlos Ocasio do? So Carlos Ocasio was someone that I used to work with uh, in the police department, and he left um, while I was going through my divorce. Um, I had moved out of my home, uh, and I moved to a small little apartment, and I guess he had known or just saw some cues uh, that maybe I had posted maybe on my social media or what have you. And he had reached out to me one day and says, hey, you know, I have this extra desk. You think your daughter would want this desk? And at that time, I had moved out of my, my brand new home into in a little apartment and I needed that furniture. So I met with him and he gave me this, this desk um, and I thanked him. And the next day he calls me up and he says, Hey, Chris, um, I have this book I want you to read and I want to give it to you. It's my friend wrote this book. And in my mind, I'm thinking, dude, I'm about to, I'm planning my death. Like I don't have time for this book, but, he was such a nice guy and, you know, his heart was in the right place and he had just given me this desk. And I thought, 
you know, I'm going to meet him. So I went and I went to his apartment and got the book and I thanked him and I came home and I cooked uh, dinner for my daughters. And I remember sitting down on the sofa looking at the book and I looked in the back and I, and I read, you know, about you and about tennis and no offense, Rusty, but I was like, tennis, like, I don't care about tennis. I'm not a tennis fan. So the last thing I want to read is about tennis. Um, but I thought just something told me, you know, he, he felt like it's important that I read this book. And, and so I did. Um, and as soon as I opened up the book and I started reading, I just was so, I can't even explain the feeling. It was just something I was just so drawn to it. Um, you know, chapter one, it talks about choices. And although this book is about your coaching philosophies, but I found that things in there just applied uh, to everyday life. You know, for instance, for that choice is, you know, the choice, we all get knocked down in life, but it's our choice to get back up and move on. Um, and I started reading on and it talks about control your thoughts um, and then welcoming adversity. And the more I kept reading this book, I started to feel like this actually pertains to me um, for everyone and just in their everyday lives. Um, and I kept reading on and it talks about being resilient. And, you know, the chapter about resiliency, you know, you talk about once again, you know, getting knocked down, but it's how you come back stronger. Um, and that's resiliency. Uh, so the more I kept reading this, I, I started to be more and more empowered. Um, and it's just strange. You just talk about the timing because I was in such a bad place um, in my life. Um, once again, I was a homicide detective. I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And that that time, the previous coordinator had announced her retirement. Uh, I was at the academy and she says, hey, Chris, I know you're going through something rough right now, but you should consider leaving homicide and, and taking over this Crime Stoppers program. And initially, I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I, I hate talking to people. <laughs> I don't want to speak in front of large groups. I don't want to speak in front of a camera. I, I don't want to do That's not police work. You know, I was just like this hardcore detective just wanting to, to solve cases, um, solve murders. And now I'm being told, like, why don't you look into this more of a PR, public relations type of thing where you're going to be out there speaking to the community. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. Um, but once I read your book and it talks about all these things and taking on new challenges, and I just thought, you know what, this I, I need to maybe consider doing this. And I did. I put my name in a hat. Um, but unfortunately, at that time, I wasn't selected. And I remember just feeling a little disheartened. Uh, I, I was something that I want, that was a new challenge I wanted to take on at that time. But I just thought, okay, well, it just it's not in God's plan for me at that time. And I remember the next day I got called out to um, a suicide over in the uh, Neo Valley area. Uh, someone had committed suicide, pretty gruesome scene. Um, he had shot himself um, with a gun and his widow had found him. And I remember just going out there and just doing, trying to do my job, but I just felt so sorry for her. But it was a scene that I've seen so many times, um, unfortunately, in, in my capacity as a homicide detective. You know, we do respond to these suicides. Uh, but in any case, as I'm wrapping things up, uh, she then asked who was going to clean the mess up in the garage. And I said that she would have to contact a biohazard company and they would come out there. Um, 
in the meantime, she had asked if I could pull the car out of the garage because he had committed suicide in the garage. And it was a bloody mess. Uh, so I said, yeah, no, no problem. And I remember backing her car out of the garage, putting in the driveway. And as I'm walking back towards the house to give her the key, I get a phone call. Um, and they say, Chris, um, you have a, a suicide in Mililani as a 17-year-old female um, that had committed suicide. And that was my next case. And I went up, I gave her the key. And I says, ma'am, you know, I, sorry for your loss, but I need to go now. I have another case I need to go to. And she started sobbing, saying they're not answering the phone. And I said, you just got to keep trying, ma'am. I apologize, but you just got to keep trying. I remember going back to my car, sitting down. As I started the ignition, I just sat there and I looked at her sitting on her porch and just so distraught, just crying. And I just felt my heart just went out to her because obviously I was going through something traumatic too at that time. Um, I shut my engine off and I went back to her and I said, ma'am, you know, do you have any garbage bags, some towels? And she's like, why? And I said, because I'll clean up the mess for you. And she kind of looked at me just kind of in shock. And um, she ended up giving me the garbage bags and the towels. And I remember just being in the garage and just wiping all this up. Um, and at that point, I told myself that I was done. I was done being a homicide detective um, because I had become so desensitized. Cleaning up these brains and blood, it, it, it didn't bother me. And I told myself that this, this isn't good for me. This isn't good for my mental health. Uh, this isn't good for me. Um, I'm going through this divorce process. I need to look into something else different. And at that point, um, I started to tell myself, okay, I need, I'm going to transfer out. I need to find some other division to go into. And the next day, um, I get a call. I'm at my desk and my captain comes in and he tells me, come to the office. And I thought, oh, what is this all about? You know, because I was going through a pretty bad divorce. It was a year-long process. And he tells me, come in and close the door. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this isn't good. And he looks at me and says, uh, do you want the Crime Stoppers program? And I said, I thought you gave it to such and such. And he says, you know what? There's been a change of plans. If you want it, it's yours. And at that point, I kind of teared up and I said, Cap, you know, just yesterday I had this case and I would literally told myself that I was done with homicide and I was going to transfer out of the division. And he says, well, you have the program now. And Rusty, I got to tell you, I just, I was so thankful um, for reading your book. Uh, it changed my mindset. Um, and it also made me accept this new challenge to step out of my comfort zone. So now from a detective, I'm now the coordinator for Crime Stoppers. And I, you know, with Kim Buffett, she took it to such a great level. And I thought, how do I improve on this? So I literally just sat, I would show up to work and I would, look at things. And I, I started taking on new projects. I started stepping out of my comfort zone. Um, and I just started running with the program. I put all my focus into it. Um, you know, I, my divorce wrapped up. I became a single father of two daughters, uh, a new position uh, with Crime Stoppers. And I just gave all my heart and soul into it. And in 2019, I was invited to be a guest speaker at the Crime Stoppers USA National Conference in Tempe, Arizona. Um, Crime Stoppers, we are affiliated with this huge Crime Stoppers organization. There are over 350 plus organizations in the mainland U.S., Puerto Rico, Guam, parts of Canada. And I was there as a guest speaker because they wanted me to speak about the success that we were having, uh, just the different facets with the Animal Crime Stoppers program, the Student Crime Stoppers program, the Crime Stoppers program, and our volunteer program. So I was out there speaking and... You know, one of the nights they had um, in the ballroom, they had an award ceremony where they would announce the award 
um, the national award for the top coordinator for the nation. And I was sitting in the corner. I wasn't, I was a little jet lagged. I wasn't feeling too well. And I remember sitting at that table and the, uh, the president of the national organization started talking about this coordinator had basically did this, this coordinator is doing this. Um, and I remember sitting at the table thinking, wow, this guy's, this guy is good. And the more they talked about this coordinator, I thought, wow, this guy's copying me. And the people at my table were looking at me and the, the Texas people were saying, Chris, uh, hey, buddy, I think they're talking about you. And I was like, no, no way, no way. And then she says, ladies and gentlemen, the 2019 Crime Stoppers USA National Coordinator of the Year, Sergeant Chris Kim from Honolulu, Hawaii. And just my heart just sank. Um, it just, I, I couldn't comprehend what was going on. I remember um, walking up to the podium and just seeing this sea of people standing ovation, clapping their hands. And I just started tearing up and I just said, you know, if you guys only knew what I went through two years ago. And to be here, to receive this national award, um, it was just, wow, it's like so surreal. Um, but it was just, I came back and I was just so thankful, but I realized it's, what I forgot, what I forgot to mention is after reading your book, um, I told myself it's all mindset. You mentioned that in there. It's all mindset. And I welcomed this adversity that I was facing and I wanted to be resilient. And I told myself, stop being so negative. Stop being so sad. Stop feeling so sorry for myself. No matter what, we all get knocked down in life. We've all got to get up and move on. We've got to keep living. At one point, I wanted to take the easy way out, you know, but I had to look at my positives that, like you mentioned, and my positive were my two daughters. I had to be there for them. I want to see them grow up and I wanted them to have that father figure in their life. So once again, just, I stopped being angry. Um, I accepted you know, the circumstances, the cards that I was dealt with. And I made it a mission to be resilient and to bounce back. So I changed my mindset. I went from being this negative, woe is me, mad at the world, um, to I'm going to bounce back from this. I'm going to be even better. Um, and I'm going to give it my all. Because at the end of the day, I want my kids to be part of, to be proud of me. Um, and I just want to show everybody that Nothing, nothing was going to stop me. So once again, I once I changed my mindset, I took on these new challenges and all of a sudden rusted. It's strange, but just all these doors started opening. Doors after doors. Um, for one, getting that national award, coming back and then getting recognized by the city and county um, of Honolulu with my family there. I received uh, an award there um, and then getting award, invited to, to the state capitol. Um, and even that, that was so surreal too, uh, being at the state capitol, receiving this award, um, in front of my, my kids, in front of my mom, it, it, it was just, words can't even explain what I was feeling. And not only that, Rusty, other doors were now I'm being asked to have speaking roles on Hawaii Five O, um, NCS Hawaii. Magnum PI, 
had all these television appearances. Um, I made the cover of Midweek, <laughs> you know, for a local boy that, you know, that's, that's, that's huge, you know, because I remember I, as a kid, I would check the mail and see who was on the Midweek cover and I'll read about them. And now all of a sudden I'm on this Midweek cover. Um, but my point being is once I stopped being mad, stop being angry, start changing my mindset, start controlling my emotions and my thoughts, doors after doors just started opening. Well, Sergeant Chris, um, thank God for Carlos Ocasio um, yes. giving you the desk and then giving you the book. Yes. Um, he He's a great friend of mine. He's so such a great guy. He's always wanting to help others. Um, shortly after you had read the book, I was at an event in Waikiki, and I remember you coming up to me saying, Coach Rusty, I, I read your book and it, and it literally changed my life. Do you have time to meet for lunch or dinner? And I said, sure. So you and I went to lunch the following week and you shared the, the whole story to me. Mm -hmm. And that was over six years ago now. And I've, I've been with you along the way. And it's just, there's no words for me to explain how proud I am of you, um, you, the impact that you have made in helping our community. I mean, in inspiring so many people, you sharing your story right now is going to save so many people's lives. And I wanna ask you, Sergeant Chris, why, why did you decide to share your story publicly for the first time now? Rusty, it's such a taboo subject, especially in law enforcement, um, where we're not supposed to talk about these things. And it's 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 tragic, it's sad. Um, but especially in law enforcement, it's something that we deal with uh and we're not supposed to talk about. And at that time, um I thought about it, I planned it, um, just short of executing it, um, because I came across your book and like you had mentioned, yes, as soon as I saw you, I wanted to thank you. I wanted to thank you because you truly, Carlos, give me the book. But then just by reading your book and the words that you put in there, um, it truly resounded with me. And I took everything to heart. And to this day, both personally and professionally, and you know, I, I live by your philosophies in there. I try and practice it every day. Um, but the reason why I came on with it is because it's happening. Whether or not people want to accept it or acknowledge it, it is happening. I've seen it in my line of work as a homicide detective the amount of suicides that happen on this island, in the nation, um, for various circumstances, especially, you know, with students, you know, the, them being bullied. Uh, so even with my line of work with the Student Crime Stoppers Program, we go out to the communities, we speak at the different schools, and we talk to kids about bullying. And you know, we also do touch upon suicides, where I tell them that, look, we all go through adversities in life. You know, you're going to face all kinds of adversities and, and hard times, but just know that things get better. I didn't believe it at the time when people kept telling me that things were going to get better, but I've lived it. And I tell these kids that no matter what you're going through right now, no matter how challenging life may be, just know that it's temporary. You know, it, it rains and storms today, but it's not going to rain and storm every day. Sooner or later, like you say in your book, you know, the blue skies are going to come out. And that's something I had to believe. And now that I survived it, I'm able to go and speak to these kids um, as well as other people 
you know, I've had people come up to me and had said, I heard you went through some trying times, you know, you have any advice? And at that point I tell them. Um, so that's why I'm coming out with it now, just to let people know, you know, from the outside looking at people think, wow, you know, starting Chris Kim Crime Stoppers, he's doing a good job. I see him on TV. I see him on the news. Um, but they don't know how I got here and, and the whole backstory. And that six years ago, I was looking back on it. If I never came across your book. I wouldn't be here today. Thankfully, you know, I had a radio book and had a good support support group with my friends and family as well. And then that's truly important. Um, friends and family, just having a good support group. Um, I had people checking up on me. So I'm I'm very thankful for that too. Um, but yeah, just people need to know that this is happening. But people also need to know that although this is happening, that if you're going through it, just know that things get better. You have to believe that things get better. And it's all mindset. The mind is truly a powerful thing. So I just want to share that with you. Well, Sergeant Chris, you know, since I wrote the first book, In, including you, five adults have come to me sharing your same story. And I thought to myself, I have to get the books out into the community. I had no idea that the books would help people with mental health issues of depression and suicide. So... I did a big book donation to Damien's school, and the president absolutely loved it. He could give it to the students, teachers, coaches, administrators. Ultimately, the books would go home with the families, and the whole family unit would get impacted. Mm -hmm. um, and then people started asking me, how can we help you? We love your books. I said, do you want to donate books to a school? Dr. Tommy Sakoto was the first one. And I said, and he said, yes, I want to help you. You choose the school. So now I have over 35 individuals that have helped donate my books to over 40 schools and organizations so far. That's amazing. To really try to inspire hope, excellence, um, try to improve everyone's mental fitness because there's physical fitness. but people need to know that no matter who you are, we need to work on building their mental fitness. What are your thoughts about that? I agree 100%. Um, and once again, this is such a taboo subject. Um, we need to recognize and realize that th this is real. It's happening. Many of us, um, many of your viewers, I'm sure, have experienced it as far as losing a friend or, or, or family um, due to suicide and, and mental health issues. And I agree, it needs to be changed to mental fitness where you're able to accept and tell yourself that this is just part of life. Um, you're going to get knocked down, but you got to get back up. You got to keep trying. And that's all with mental fitness. Just putting the word out there that life gets better. And you, your book truly, truly, truly in, 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 embodies that. Um, 
once again, I, I was, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that I didn't like tennis <laughs> and I didn't want to read a book on tennis. Um, but once again, it's the, your philosophies and the, the things that you put in there just applies to all of us um, in our daily lives. And just, I just want to truly, truly thank you for that. Well, Sergeant Chris, organizations and companies can hire you um, as a keynote speaker to really speak on a whole spectrum of topics, including mindset, uh, dealing with adversities, challenges, uh, leadership, uh, building teams, everything. And I want to really ask our viewers to really to share this show with everybody you know on text message, email, social media, because we never know who might be suffering in silence and bleeding in places that we can't see. And Sergeant Chris, do you have any other additional comments before we wrap up? I just want to say, Rusty, you know, just thank you again for your books. Um, but just let the viewers know that if you're going through something in your life right now, um, just know it's going to get better. We all go through adversities in life, but it's how we overcome those adversities that eventually define who we are. Um, and I'm proud to say that I survived um, those dark times. And, you know, there's still going to be bumps in the road. I still go through bumps in the road now. I still go through those seasons now. But going through something like that, it, it has now empowered me, has strengthened me where I'm able to face these new adversities in life and just move on and, and accept those challenges. Um, and speaking along the lines of challenges, I, I challenge everyone out there to step out of your comfort zone, take on new challenges, challenge yourself, because you just may surprise yourself. Sergeant Chris, thank you for your bravery and courage for sharing your story. Thank you. And thank you for watching Beyond the Lines on Think Tech Hawaii. For more information, please visit RustyKomori.com. And my books are available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I hope that Sergeant Chris and I will inspire you to create your own superior culture of excellence and to find your greatness and help others find theirs. Aloha. Thank you so much for watching Think Tech Hawaii. If you like what we do, please like us and click the subscribe button on YouTube and the follow button on Vimeo. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and donate to us at thinktechhawaii.com. Mahalo.